Reading is from Mark chapter 3. Jesus went home and the crowd came together again so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can cast Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end will, has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, who are my mothers and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of our Lord. Edith, thanks, Sharon. I have a picture to start out with today. Do you know the sudden drop-off you see in lakes, especially this time of year, where the sandbar ends and the vast deep waters begin? One must be so careful when swimming in these kind of waters. In an instant, your feet no longer can touch the bottom. The water around you becomes very deep, very fast, and you realize in an instant what, what is around you is far greater and more powerful than yourself. This is one of those stories in the Bible that drops off without warning. We must be very careful when we're swimming here today. Mark takes us to the deep waters quickly in his gospel and it can be disturbing. Some interpretations of this, pas of this passage have deeply hurt people. It is important for us to read and tread the water here, to peer into the deep, to learn, and also to listen intently for what God is speaking to us. And even in the unknown areas for us to name God's presence. I want to begin today to think about the people involved in this story 
First, there are the crowds of people. Jesus' popularity is spreading quickly, and he can go nowhere without a crowd following him. Earlier in Mark, we hear that hearing all that Jesus was doing, they came to him in great numbers from Judea and Jerusalem in Edomia, beyond the Jordan and the region around Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd so they would not crush him. When near the water, Jesus has to be on a boat so the people around him would not crush him. Jesus is not by the sea in this story, but he's back home. The crowd of people around him are so big that Jesus and his disciples cannot even move their arms to eat. So the people closest to Jesus are actually these crowds, eager to hear him and to be healed. His family then hears about all that Jesus is doing And Mark tells us that they believe that Jesus has gone crazy, and they go to rescue him, to restrain him. And then there are the scribes who have come from Jerusalem. These are the heads of the church, what we would consider the popes and the bishops, the ones who should know the most about God and his presence. And their claim is that Jesus is possessed not by God's Holy Spirit, but by by Beelzebul, or Satan himself. In just a few verses, Mark abruptly shows us how Jesus is turning the world inside out. The crowd of unknown people are insiders now, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mark points out even Jesus' family is on the outside. They are unable to understand Jesus' teachings and actions as the will of God. The son they have known and loved is now acting in a way that they did not expect. They think he is crazy, and they have come to take him home. Jesus does not heed his family's intervention. He is sharp and direct and says that family is not defined as blood relatives, but expand the definition of family to include those who do the will of God. And then the scribes, the ones with the most authority in the church, even though they have seen what Jesus has been about to free demons and to heal people, they claim that Jesus' work is of the devil. Jesus, in an instant, takes those who are supposedly closest to God and charges them with the unforgivable unforgivable sin to blaspheme the presence of God, the Holy Spirit itself. Everything is turned inside out. Family is redefined. The one who is to have the most authority of God are charged with the greatest sin And then random, unexpected people who follow Jesus are brought into his inner circle. It makes us wonder right now, and we should wonder, where are we in these lines of in and out? And do we have what it takes to follow Jesus? 
I want to pause for a moment and talk about this gravest sin that Jesus talks about here. Because we're curious about it, we need to wonder about it. We have all heard a thing or two about it. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? And why does Jesus say this is the unforgivable sin? Unfortunately, and it is so very sad that some people have been so hurt by this verse, being told that dying of suicide is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I want to say and apologize on behalf of the church that this is untrue. God would never leave one or forsake them in their deepest despair. In fact, that is where God will always be. Jesus in this story is speaking directly to the scribes. They are not even open to consider that God's spirit is within Jesus himself and that his teaching and his healings are from God. They are so closed off from God that they consider the saving power of God through Jesus to be the work of Satan. They want to be God. They can't even allow Jesus to be God. The gravest sin, therefore, is to deny the power of God and attribute his salvation and saving power to the devil. You see, it doesn't take long for us to be without breath in these very deep waters. If the highest authorities of the church are entangled in the powers of this world and closed off to God's presence through Jesus, and if his family, his blood relatives, consider him crazy, and Jesus denounces their actions and instead extends a wide embrace to people he does not even know. I mean, whoever could have faith to understand and follow Jesus? Mark doesn't leave us much room to coast in these waters. Although there is one thing. Jesus' last words in this passage Jesus says, whoever does the will of God is his family. So what is the will of God? That is the question that we must ponder right now. For you, what is the will of God? For us as a faith community, what is the will of God? In this gospel, it is to follow Jesus no matter what, to trust in him even when you do not see clearly, even when you do not understand, even when you go places that you never thought you would be and you would never think God to be, even when God's reach extends beyond where you have been or where you want to go. The will of God is for us to trust in God's saving power for all people. And you know what? The most unlikely people will do the will of God in the Gospel of Mark. All the people you would never expect, and sometimes these people even surprise Jesus. Jesus' response to them will be, your faith has made you well, or your faith has saved you. Their guts to come close to Jesus and to trust that the divine power of God is for them shows up in their scrappy, beggy faith 
You see, faith is not about being well-versed, about being pious or unscrubbed or looking good. Faith is about trusting that God has come into the world for you and for all people. And then even Jesus' disciples, whom he calls and trains and nurtures and taught, they all deny and abandon him eventually. Even in the end, they cannot do the will of God. So how in the world are we supposed to do this? How can we possibly be followers when everything that we think we believe gets turned inside out, even our sense of family? This is always the mystery of God. This is why we can never claim to be experts about God. This is why we forever have to ponder and dwell in God's presence in our lives and in the world. Faith is not easy. It challenges us, and it makes known the oppressiveness of this world and all the things that rebel against God, even beyond our ability to see those things ourselves. God has come for the sake of the world, and Jesus' acts and teaching will make this so. Even when everyone scattered and denied Jesus, God remained and he broke open his power even in death to create a new, begin again and save his people. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Yet, it requires an openness to stick with Jesus even when he presses us to think beyond we have known or we know. And so we are called to notice and name God's presence in this world, to speak about it, and then to listen to others and their experiences. This is how our faith is sustained. And so what we have today is our hope and our prayer to do the will of God, to stick with Jesus even when we are out in the deep, barely keeping afloat. Jesus promises to never leave us, even when we leave him. May we always and forever come back to this promise as we hold on to faith. Let it be so.